Welcome back to That's the T. I'm RJ. And I'm Ryan. And we're here bringing you football news in the most digestible way possible. Today, Ryan, today, today, it's a Thursday and we're breaking down the conclusion of preseason week three. And Ryan, I feel like today a lot of our stories will be related to roster cuts and major injuries leading up to a lot of fantasy drafts and the start of the regular season. I'm super excited, Ryan. Yeah, there's a lot of like surprise cuts this year. It's really yes. crazy. Like, like for example, like my team, John Brown got cut. Yeah, like, he requested it, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, can I get... No, it was funny because I saw the news article and it said the Raiders grant uh, John Brown's release. And I'm like, did he just get cut? Like, what do you mean grant? So <laughs> then at, l- later, I saw another news article. And I was like, damn, this guy didn't want to be part of the Raiders. Yeah, that's crazy. So maybe, maybe the smoke is real in terms of Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards being like breakout stars this year. No, no, it was never smoke. You just so you, didn't, you didn't believe it. I believed it though. So John Brown was always the number three or number four. Well, okay. Before the start of the training camp, they brought in John Brown because let's say, let, let's be real. No one knew what we had in Henry Ruggs and uh, Brian Edwards <laughs> after what we saw last season. But you know. One week into a training camp, I was like, wow, real deal. Good luck to John Brown. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, to start this episode off, Ryan, there is one story that is not related to fantasy football that we have to talk about. Yes. And it's Bishop Sycamore. (laughs) Ryan, I... I have no words. We could have played for Bishop Sycamore, you know? Let's just say that why don't we rally up every other podcast, people, whatever you call it, on Twitter or Spotify, and we make our own team and we sign up to go play like you just said. Mm-hmm. Because I think, I think it'll work. They don't check that well. They don't double check anything. They, they really don't. And Ryan, I have, I have some details about Bishop Sycamore. Just, just a quick timeline for you. And you, I don't know if you, how, how much you dug into it. I just want to I just want to share Bishop Sycamore for you. All right. Just a, a year. So on September 4th, 2020, Bishop Sycamore played its first recorded game, right? They lost 35 nothing. So that was their conference. like their first game ever. First ever recorded game as Bishop okay. Sycamore. Yeah. So bef- before the game though, the athletic director said that he didn't want players or coaches to look up information about the team online. I tried to encourage our athletes and our coaching staff to stay off the internet, the director said, which is a curious concept considering Bishop Sycamore is an online school. Wait, wait, wait. The athletic director of Bishop. Yes. Told his own the, team. The, his own team to don't look it up. Don't, don't, don't look on the internet. <laughs> Even though they're an online school. They didn't want the players to, you know, be distracted or anything. Exactly. So fast forward, it's April 2021. It's this year. Bishop Sycamore spins up its online hype machine through a website, which has since been shut down, showing it's closed for maintenance. In it, nothing is mentioned of educational goals or support for any of the students. Instead, the online information are blog posts detailing upcoming private workouts for college teams 
and how the school recommends players create highlight clips to be noticed. That's common sense. They're, they're, they're okay. telling us what we already know. You know, you make a highlight clip. That's how you get known. But you know what's funny? Because you said that. And I think the article I read, some player from Bishop was defending the team and was like, oh, we're not your typical high school. We're just like IMG. We go to we 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 show up eight to four, but we practice. We 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 don't have school. So it's like, okay. It's so <laughs> bad. And so you bring up IMG and, and they play IMG on August 29th, right? Yeah, and IMG and they, is they really good. Yeah, and they get smoked. It's not even close, right? And I don't get, I don't get how ESPN, this, this big sports company, they were told they were D1 athletes yeah, and no one did their due diligence. I heard that ESPN just aired it, but a different company was like working with ESPN scheduling these games. So then... I, so I guess ESPN was like, oh, the scheduling company. I, I forgot what the name was, but it started with a P. And I guess they were just like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. But apparently they didn't. And then um, Bishop actually played like two games within the span of three days, too. Yeah. And then some players were playing multiple positions. <laughs> yes. Jesus. I don't know how, how their bodies were made for it. It's crazy. It's very crazy. So... After they play the game, people start doing research. You're like, oh, who is Bishop Sycamore, right? Yeah. They have two listed addresses on their website. Okay. One is a house in a residential area, and another is a library in Columbus, Ohio. So they don't have a location. They don't have a school location. No. And they So finally, I'm confused. Oh, yeah. Is this just a, a random guy who wanted to start a team? Or like... I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to get into his shoes and figure out what he's trying to do. <laughs> what was his goal? Yeah, what is his goal in all of this? Maybe it, maybe it was. Um, see, I don't, <laughs> like, I just I don't keep, get it. I just keep reading more, and it's so it's so bad because. Did you know that Bishop Sycamore on August 30th posted? a GoFundMe trying to raise $20,000. Do you know how much money it received? How much? $140. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what what was the the cause or what was it for? It was, I, um, it was stripped to raise money for For the school. (laughs) For for the school that doesn't have a physical location. Yes. And where kids don't attend class, so there's no teachers to pay. So it's probably for their uniforms and their uh, helmets and everything. And the equipment, right? Yeah, the equipment. To produce D1 athletes. <laughs> yes. And the guy there, or the guy they hire to edit their highlight reels. Yes. So, and then the conclusion, as of August 31st, most schools have, you know, backed out of scheduled games against Bishop Sycamore, which is good, you know? Which is good for, for the health of the players as well. Yes, that's very true, but... Ryan, what the f- wow! <laughs> I have a fun question for you. You think Bishop Sycamore can beat the Texans? <laughs> no. no, man. If you lose to IMG, like, and you can't even put up points, like, there's no way you're gonna compete against the Texans. I don't like the Texans, but I'm defending the Texans right now. Okay, 
I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the guy who created this. Like, was he doing this for fun or was he actually trying? Like, he thought he had players to beat IMG so that this was his way to get an NFL coaching career because he will be known as, oh, I'm the coach that beat IMG. Like, what was he thinking? I think the latter. I think it's like, hey, like, let's get like, let's just like get like this group of players. Let's, let's be IMG and then, you know, climb the ladder. Climb so the then he ladder. just had the utmost confidence in himself yes. to coach up players who are not D1 to go play D1 players. But he's like, oh, this is all coaching. Yes. Has nothing to do with physical skills, speed, size, anything. I'm Bill Belichick. Give me anybody. I can do it. Exactly. Egg. Exactly. My God. Well, my God. We'll, we'll move on. And it's funny because you bring up Bill Belichick. Because the first thing we're going to talk about are cold cuts. And unfortunately, cold Ryan, I'm not talking about the sandwich meats. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan, right now, what's your favorite sandwich meat? But, oh, but man, I was just going to say, I don't really like sandwiches or like uh-huh. sandwich meats. But uh, probably roast beef. Your roast beef type. You like roast beef? Ooh, that, I like you know beef. what? Roast beef is good. I'm like a yeah. turkey, like a, like a pastrami uh, type person. Oh, now you're oh, judging pastrami. me. But no, no, no. Pastrami. You, you got me there. But the turkey, though, I never liked turkey. It was kind of dry, you know? Kind of dry. Okay. Fair. Yeah. We can meet in the middle for pastrami. But pastrami. anyways, going back. You boy, no Belichick. Oh, sorry, sorry. You know, pastrami kind of reminds me of pepperoni. But like bigger. Or reminds I you of the wrong Pepperoni. It kind of is with the spice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Moving on. Yeah. Bill Belichick, Cold Cuts, Cam Newton. What do they all have in common? Cam Newton got cut. That's the TLDR. And I was surprised, Ryan. I'm going to be real with you. When I got this news, I was like, I, I, did I think he was going to start? No. Mm, kind of. Did I think he was going to get cut? No. I think it was somewhere we thought it was somewhere in between because last week I remember we mentioned something about him going to his medical appointment, not following COVID rules. So then they're like, the article is speculating whether he already fell out of favor in New England, but I guess he actually did. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. So Ryan, oh, actually, let me, let me back this up real quick. I heard there's some speculation that they released Cam Newton, and like week one or week two, they try to pick him back up for the league minimum. To wipe out his um nine million dollar contract, that wouldn't be that would be a smart idea. But I hope they communicated that with him already, <laughs> because I, I I don't think this man would be happy if you call him back later and then be like, "Hey, you want to come for nine hundred k now instead of uh, nine mil?" <laughs> that is that is very true. To be real with you, I think Cam Newton will test the market. Yeah. I think I think he's better than thirty two. Uh, I don't know if he'll get a starting job yet, but he's still, I think he looked pretty good in the preseason to get a job. From what he did in the preseason, I believe that he should and could start for Miami. Whoa. I think a team with question marks. I know they're rolling with Tua, but the thing is they don't seem confident in Tua. They Mm, seem like they're rolling with him just because of where he was drafted, his draft pedigree. It's not because they actually like the man. Fair, fair. I can see that's that. how articles are making it seem like. So that's why I feel like at this point, then why don't you just sit him another year, do what you want with him, or don't do what you 
don't want to him and then like get Cam Newton. Very true. That that would be the same offense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're they're both kind of like the same player almost. Exactly. So, Ryan, going back to the Patriots, though, is this good news or bad news for the New England Patriots pass catchers now that Mac Jones is a day one starter? Uh, not good or bad because people are drafting these pass catchers, uh, without knowing who would be the QB. So like, how can we change that? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we change our stance right now? Just because we know who will start. But like, what I am excited about is Mac, Mac Jones, because if you're Bill Belichick or the Patriots and you, you have to like really believe in what you have at Mayo Mac in order to drop Cam Newton like that and have Jarrett Stidham as your primary backup. Yeah. <laughs> Stidham played in eight games, not eight full games. And I think he completed 24 out of 48 passes in his whole career with a two to three touchdown interception ratio. So mm-hmm. uh, plus Stidham's injured too. So if anything, I might take a closer look at Mac Jones from a fantasy standpoint. Wow. Because you know, they're putting could... a lot of trust mm-hmm. into him. You're right. You're right. They, and they did out the gate. They drafted him in the first round. Like they really believed in him. Now he has a starting job. Like I know that this league, that fantasy football is all about like the rushing upside. But I mean, like you still have a Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like you still, still have, have Aaron Rodgers. You still have the Aaron Rodgers esque type quarterbacks. Like what is stopping Mac Jones with a Bill Belichick from being yeah. able to be that great? So you bring up a really good point. Yeah, but I guess to circle it back to your pass catchers, um, the, the question, I think a guy you should look out for is Jacoby Myers. Since mm-hmm. the start of the preseason, he's been uh, on a lot of people's radars, and I think he could be worth uh, spending a draft pick on because Myers was the Pats' leading receiver, I think, last year in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been overlooked a little bit with all their uh, free agent like spending spree they, they, they went on. So I think Jacoby Myers, though, that guy should be looked at. I, that's a good one. I think the tight ends might have some value too. I think that they're the best pass catchers out of who they signed, mm-hmm. but we'll only know when week one happens. So yeah. yeah, moving on, we have Royce Freeman and people are like, Royce Freeman, why are you bringing this up? Why does it matter that he got cut? It's because of their other two running backs who I honestly, Ryan, I have trouble figuring out where to draft them. If I even want any, any draft stock, it's Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. So Ryan, before you knew Royce, Royce Freeman got cut. Did, did you even like Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams? And now after, after hearing the news, do you think that they move up your draft board or they just stay the same? I think my answer to this question is going to be kind of similar to the previous answer I had for the uh, new England pass catchers question. Because we're, let me ask you a question. Were you concerned about Royce Freeman stealing touches? No. Exactly. So that's why I think the situation in Denver will be similar to what it was before Freeman even got cut. So the real battle still has no clear winner yet. We, we don't know whether it will be Williams or Gordon or both or how much of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but long-term wise, it has to be Williams based on, you, you always mention, you got to see how the money is spent or you look at the money they spent a second round pick on this guy and they traded up for him. So I think he will be the long-term answer. So it could be worth to spend, I think a later round pick hoping Williams will take over. So you're saying, Hey, it's like fifth or sixth round. You're trying to fill a flex spot. Would you draft Javante Williams? 
I mean, you could, I wouldn't feel too comfortable, but if you got to do it, you got to do it. Because let me tell you this, I checked a stat and Gordon was really close to being an RB one last year, like Mm -hmm. scarily close. Like he, he was RB 14 in PPR leagues. So we can't forget about Gordon as quickly as some fantasy owners, including myself are doing. Cause I think we're all hyped about Williams, but if we look at the stats, like Gordon, dude, he was almost an RB one. Meaning this guy is just not going to disappear into thin air. You know, you bring up a really good point because I feel like there are two people. There are two different types of people when it comes to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. People believe in Melvin Gordon and they're like, you know what? He was almost an RB1. Yeah. And then they're the Javante Williams believers who are like, you know, Melvin Gordon only averaged like three yards per carry. Exactly. He's washed. He's gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like how you look at the numbers. Right. And because of that, because there's like no clear pick. That's why I'm kind of fading this backfield because who knows, right? Who knows? It's too risky to pick, to be completely honest. But if you have to pick and you're kind of staring at Javante Williams in the face in round six or maybe even seven, if he slips, you're kind of like, uh, do I take, do I just take the chance? <laughs> right, right. I, man, I think, I think as long as you don't have to trust Javante Williams to start in your lineup week one, you're fine drafting him. He should not start week one in your life. Yes, but then that does not justify you drafting him early either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you cannot draft this guy early and say, oh, I won't start him and then be fine because you could have drafted a starter in that spot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very so fade him slightly. Just be true to his value. As like, you I would be, sorry, finish, finish off. You will not. He will not bring you a lot of value early on, and it's up to Denver to kind of, whenever they're ready to switch running backs. And who knows when they'll be. Yeah. I mean, I'd be comfortable picking him like maybe seven or eight, but I don't know if he'll even drop that far. But as long as you, if you stick to your ranks, your rankings, no one's going to hate you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the draft might work out in your favor. Exactly. So those were the cold cuts. Now it's the injury bug leading up to the regular season. And there were, there's still a lot of injuries. Ryan's shaking his head right now. And some of them are kind of relevant. Some of them are super relevant. And some of them are just like, day. feels bad. That's all I can say. Bad, and man. we'll start with, we'll start with something light. It's T.Y. Hilton. And he's placed on injured reserve, meaning that he'll miss at least the first three games of the season following a neck surgery. However, he could be out far longer than that yeah, it's a so neck, ryan neck surgery you know this neck thing, surgery. You know, this thing moves a lot you can't <laughs> if you if you cut it open and then you fix something there i don't know if you can uh, turn around like like that that easily anymore you know your range of, of motion the... might be like you know you might have to turn your whole body to see the ball type of deal you exactly. can't just turn your neck to see it i was gonna say you know out of like all the positions like you kind of need your neck for the wide receiver position yeah he, he should have around. been like Leighton Vander Etch and play with that little neck brace, you know, oh. might have saved him a surgery. <laughs> but Ryan, <laughs> the injury to T.Y. Hilton brings value, if you think it's value, to the Colts pass catchers. And my question for you, Ryan, is who is your favorite fantasy relevant wide receiver on the Colts now that T.Y. Hilton is down? So all jokes aside, I hope T.Y. Hilton has a quick recovery and that he is not long for that, out for that long. But 
to, to answer your question, I think it's Michael Pittman Jr. I like him and you know I like him. He has logs on YouTube. I never made it through a full video, but he has logs on YouTube. And uh, I, with Paris Campbell, uh, you see, I, I, I don't know if you remember, but I drafted him a little high last year, expecting a breakout year like everyone did, and then season-ending injury. So I'm not too sure what will be this year. But with the loss of T.Y., I think Zach Pascal, Pascal, how do you say his last name? I don't know, I'm just going to go with Pascal. Okay, Zach. Zach is going to be in for more targets now. So I think Pascal could be someone you could move up on your boards. But you also have to remember that he's in kind of the same position as he was uh, last year, though. Because last year, Campbell was out. This year, T.Y. is out. So he's still somewhere within the top three range. But at least with this year, he has a shot of beating out Campbell versus last year. I don't think he would have been able to beat out T.Y. Got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. I think my TLDR, Michael Pittman Jr. is the most talented out of all these wide receivers. Yes. I think he's the only one that's really worth a draft pick. But the other pass catchers are worth watching on the waivers. I think that's good. But the, the weird thing, though, is that last year, Campbell was getting drafted. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like people, I guess, people are just fading on him this year because you know, kind of like if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you don't see him, you're going to forget about him mm-hmm. out, of, out of sight, out of mind. So it could be a blessing to kind of do what RJ said. And then play. it's like someone who just watched and you can pick up for free on the waivers. Well, not generally free, but you don't have to waste a draft pick on him and it could pay off. There you go. So moving on, going to Minnesota and we're talking about Irv Smith and this one, <laughs> I don't know if you were high on Irv Smith. I was somewhat high on Irv Smith, but he underwent surgery to repair his meniscus and he's likely out for four to five months. I read that. I was like, oh, he's going to be back for the season. No, he's, he's out for the regular season. Um, and it was pretty, um, they made it pretty clear when the Vikings, like right away, they traded for someone we talked about last week. It's Chris Herndon. <laughs> who is literally going to replace Irv Smith as a starter. That's what they said. They're going to plug him in. Yeah. I mean, I'm who else do they gonna... have? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so now my question is, Ryan, because Irv Smith was being drafted as a top 12 to 14 tight end, does Chris Herndon step in and be a fringe tight end one as he replaces Irv Smith and gets all those targets? Oh, man. Chris Herndon. Herndon. Uh... He's another guy that I bit on last year. (laughs) I drafted him thinking he'd be another sleeper. I thought I had this in the bag with Campbell and Chris Herndon. Uh, You know, so he he left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, He's always been a sleeper guy. I don't know if you followed up on him, but 2019 and 2020, always been, this is the sleeper candidate, the biggest biggest sleeper in fantasy. But he never lived up to that status of being a sleeper. But maybe give him the benefit of the doubt, I guess, because... He was in an offense ran by Adam Gaze, and now he's going to be on the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, better weapons, uh, better coach. Yeah. So I think this is a guy, like you said, men, uh, like how you mentioned for uh, Paris Campbell, this is a guy you watch in week one, and he could be the guy you spend a large portion of your free agent budget on. If he does really well week one, you could just, you know, drop a couple dollars on this guy or more than a couple dollars. But yeah. I think as long as he gets five to six targets week one, you have to consider him on the waivers. 
exactly. five to six targets is better than like half the tight ends that are being drafted in the first round. Very true. Very true. So, and, but the yeah. other thing is kind of like weird because I really don't know because Irv Smith never had that big of a role in Minnesota's offense. Mm-hmm. I think over two years he had 90 targets and under 700 yards. So it's like, will Chris Herndon be featured that much? Like, sure, he's a tight end one, but if you're in an offense that doesn't really feature that much, like the Raiders offense or like the Niners offense, it doesn't matter if you're a tight end one. In mm. fantasy, you won't be a tight end one. It's true. So that's, you're right. Because, you know, the next question is, you know, how do you feel about Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook? Because in theory, they're all the players that I would see Number one option, number two option, number three option in the passing game, in that order. Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, before Chris Herndon. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you on that on that scale. I don't think it affects them at all. Do you think they get more targets? Do you think they get more? Maybe to start off the season, they might get more because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you plan, you plan for Irv Smith. He's gone. You got to get Chris Hernan up to pace. So maybe in the beginning, but if they really want to balance offense or slightly balance, then at some point Herndon's going to get his looks and targets and touches. Very fair. I, I think I moved them up. Them being Jefferson Thielen cook just a little bit up just because yeah. of what you said. They have to integrate Herndon into the offense, and that's going to take some time. True. So you go with what works. That's Jefferson, Thielen, and Delvin Cook. So we're going to move on to a division rival for Minnesota, and it's Tariq Cohen. Tariq. And the reason why (laughs) you're laughing, but the reason why it's important is because he's on the reserve pup list, which is not the IR because it means he's missing six weeks, which is at least that's close to half the season. That means Damien Williams is serving as a number two running back in the Bears' backfield behind David Montgomery. And so that means that David Montgomery is pretty much going to, to run this backfield. And with that being said, the question is, does this pave the way for David Montgomery to actually be a high-end RB2 or even better, like sneak into RB1 considerations? Yes, this is David Montgomery's week on That's the T. I know every other week I don't say much about this guy or I don't have much good fantasy things to say about this guy. But because of injury, I think the ball is in his court to perform like he did towards the end of the last season in those last eight games or seven or whatever number that was around there. Um, no one is there to steal catches from him or anything. It's literally just like last year when Tariq Cohen was out last year. Uh, it puts him in a prime spot to be RB one, even like, cause that's what he was last year in, in those eight weeks. Yeah. So, uh, but do remember that Tariq Cohen will be back at some point, which could, you know, alter his value just halfway through the season, which is almost like a reverse of what happened last season. He started off slow, finished hot. He might finish hot and then end up a little slower with Tariq Cohen coming back. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if David Montgomery is like a hot commodity coming into the trade deadline. Uh, it's because you're saying that the guy who has David Montgomery is not going to believe in him anymore. Yeah. And then someone else will believe in him. Yes. Okay. So I see that. To consider. So you're high on David Montgomery just a little bit now. I, I think I'm a little bit higher, but 
you also got to realize that it may not be a whole season thing where you can be this high on him because mm-hmm. Cohen is not out for the whole season. Got it. So do you trust him better than James Robinson? No, I like James Robinson. Got it. Okay. Because James Robinson is, I think it's, he secured the spot for the whole season. There's no one to steal anything mm-hmm. from this guy. David Montgomery only has a certain period of time where no one will steal anything from him. Very fair. Very fair. Okay. How about Josh Jacobs? Do you like Josh Jacobs over David Montgomery? Fantasy football. Uh, oh, fantasy. Thank, thank fantasy you for letting football. me know. I, I was going to, you know, talk up, talk Josh Jacobs for a second. But no, I like David Montgomery better than Josh Jacobs in fantasy. All right. Okay. The because I, I, I think oh. they, they plan to use Kenyon Drake, I think, a little too much. More than what could <laughs> Tariq Cohen would, would experience. Oh, I like, okay, I like that comparison. Okay. So now, how about Joe Mixon? Ooh. So what does Cincinnati's O-line look like again? <laughs> like, is it, is it good? Or like, someone. what's going on? Oh, they traded someone. They away. traded someone on their offensive line. I think they traded away Billy Price. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that I saw. Okay, so uh, we're, we're, we're losing parts of the line. Yes, they went from bad to worse. Went to bad to worse. <laughs> Joe Burrow still needs to, like, you know, overcome his injury. Jamar Chase needs to learn how to catch the ball. Oh, God. I, I, I just take David Montgomery. I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe Mixon. Montgomery's the the safer option in my opinion right i I think that exactly chicago's offense is gonna once justin field starts chicago's offense is gonna be awesome it will be fine yeah so you gotta trust david montgomery here i agree i would take david montgomery over joe mixon for sure Uh josh jacobs for sure james robinson i'm on the fence i'm gonna say i'm gonna pick james robinson over david montgomery Yes, yes. But what's also alarming now that you bring up Justin Fields, just a quick 20-second thing. I was really high on Trevor Lawrence, but seeing what he did in the preseason, I'm a little worried. <laughs> like, and I, I know you're laughing, but have have you seen his plays and his like kind of yes. like his clips? Yeah, it's not like, oh my god, like Justin Fields. So I'm like, I'm a little concerned now. Which is why I'm low on James Robinson just a little bit because is it the talent or is it the coaching? And that's where I'm concerned. There's a lot of things wrong in Florida, man. And I mean, Jacksonville, Jackson, uh, in Jacksonville with the Jaguars, because urban Meyer, I think he, he has uh he's going through an investigation after saying, uh, we took vac- vaccinations into consideration. So the NFL uh, players association came after him right away. They, they were on him. Hella fast. <laughs> hella fast. <laughs> My God. Oh, but yeah, man. yeah. Moving on. Moving on. It's funny that we talked about Billy Price because you know what team you got traded to? The Giants? It's the Giants, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got traded to the Giants. And we will be talking about two players here. One is Evan Ingram. He suffered a calf injury. What's new? He's uncertain for week one against the Broncos. Ryan, are there any fantasy football implications for this injury for Evan Ingram? And if so, follow-up question, is Kyle Rudolph on your radar now? Uh, No implications whatsoever. I'm going to keep this short. He was not on my draft board. Neither was Kyle Rudolph. 
no disrespect to these guys. Great football players don't always translate to great fantasy football players. And I guess I'll just leave it as that. And uh, I'll take the upside of Herndon over these two guys if I really had to take how to pick between the three. Ooh, I will agree with you on that. I go Chris Herndon over any of these. Too many yeah. mounts to feed in in New York, and they're not even premium mounts. You know what I'm saying? Like they're mounts that you have to feed. Mm-hmm. It's not like you really want to, but you want a I random thought that popped up in my mind because we talked about like, didn't we just talk about the I don't know, but for some reason, this random thought popped up. Did you oh Cam Newton? That's what happened. When Cam Newton was released, you know Josh Allen is the oldest quarterback now. In, in, in that uh, in, the in that in, in the, the east, east because he's like 25 but he's the oldest one because Mac Jones just brand new and then you have shoot I forgot two and Zach Wilson yeah two and Zach Wilson so you have two rookies uh, a second year player and then Josh Allen who's like a fourth year player so Josh Allen's the grandpa of the group at 25 it's crazy it's like the youngest yeah crazy that's like the youngest quarterback division that's crazy wow okay yeah yeah I, I just forgot to mention that earlier when we talked about cam newton getting cut yeah wow that, that's i like that little quick fun fact nice all right so moving on said evan ingram no fantasy football implications let me give you a player that probably will saquon barkley and ah, yes there's been news say saquon barkley the giants have yet to decide on Saquon Barkley's week one availability. Then today, Saquon Barkley is most likely to play week one. What does that mean? Who knows? And that's the question I'm going to bring up to you, Ryan. Are you concerned that Saquon Barkley might at the very least be on a pitch count week one of the regular season? So he's only going to play like 40% of the snaps. That's it, week one. Yes, there is definite concern about his pitch count his snap count uh he literally just participated in his first contact practice today september mm-hmm. 2nd that's concerning the, the they what we they play in like nine days nine and days. this is first you know contact practice since the injury so i that's a quick turnaround for me, nine days. So I don't expect him to hit the ground running because if I were Joe judge, I don't know if Joe judge thinks like me, probably not because I'm, I'm, I'm on, that's the T, you know, just talking about players, but I'd be very, very cautious with Barkley because of the 17 game season. There's no mm. point in rushing Saquon Barkley back and then having him get injured or something. And now you're screwed for like an extended season. So I would be really careful with him. And plus, as much as I like Daniel Jones and how I always hype him up, this offense has him and Galladay, who is a new addition, with a coach that hasn't proven much. True. So I'm uh, I'm just glad I picked six in fantasy, so I don't have to deal with deciding if I want Saquon or not. Saquon or not. Okay, so you're, you're fading Saquon, so... Yeah, now, I, I probably wouldn't draft Saquon. You bring up my next question, which is how low is too low for Saquon? What do you mean so by low? Likely. So are you saying he shouldn't even be considered in the first round? I think late, late round one is okay. Like maybe after Devontae Adams is already picked, mm-hmm. then you can like kind of circle back and like, Oh, okay. Saquon's still on the board. Let me go grab that. That's where I would be comfortable grabbing him. I might be trying to ask too much for that or too much here. If I mentioned that. I think that's perfect value for Saquon. I think it's really funny because we, 
we tend to clash in terms of value yeah. for players um, when we draft. But I think Saquon Barkley has to go past Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, yeah. and even probably Jonathan Taylor at the very least. Because you know they're going to play every single game of the season, barring injury, knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You the, the best receiver has to go off the board and then Saquon Barkley. How about Tyreek Hill? Oh, if, if it was Tyreek Hill or 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 Saquon? Saquon. Yeah. Oh man. Oh no, I'm going Tyreek Hill. I like I love Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you you like already Tyreke. know, man. I watch his I watch his full vlogs, not just half. You know, I watch the whole thing. You actually, you actually watch the whole thing. When they do the statistic, you'd be like, oh, 80% of viewers click off after 60 seconds. You're that 20% that watched the whole yes, thing. I, I contribute to his watch time. <laughs> I, I, I'm just giving this man a bigger paycheck because, you know, the NFL is clearly not paying him enough. That's why he's making, he's on YouTube. So I got to help him somehow. Got to help him somehow. Dang. Okay. Um, very fair. Maybe I should watch one of Tyreek Hill's. Um, you should. It's very entertaining. Things very entertaining the I cheetah. Chase Claypool's once it was pretty it was interesting Chase Claypool was interesting he was kind of it was but so far out of all of it I think Tyreek brings the most energy you know the cheetah, Ooh, the cheetah. okay maybe maybe yeah. I'll watch one give okay. it a shot someone that's actually pretty entertaining though I don't know if you've ever seen his videos of him like downing a beer ah uh, yes. mm-hmm. he's crazy he's awesome yeah but unfortunately we're talking about an injury for him. And I'm kind of surprised for this. He is going to be put on the pump list for the meaning that he's going to miss the first six weeks because he still has that injury, that knee injury that hurt him last year. With that being said, Ryan, does this injury act as a tiebreaker for you and lowering Aaron Jones's fantasy value? Or do you think Aaron Jones, he's, he's injury proof? Meaning that, you know, offensive line's a little banged up. You know that Aaron Jones is just too good for that to slow him down. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should fade Aaron Jones at all. Because at first I was kind of like, well, the other Aaron might be in trouble too. Rodgers might be in trouble, not just Aaron Jones. But then I, I looked at it. The replacement is Elgin, El, no, Elton Jenkins. Uh 2019 round two pick out of Mississippi State. Uh, I did some some searching. It said that he's doing a really good job replacing David Bakhtiari. And uh, the quote by uh, Matt LaFleur is that he's an exceptional player. Wow. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, if the team is not that concerned, I I, I feel fine with Jones or, or Rodgers too. Because apparently Jenkins filled in for Corey Lindsley before and he did fine. And he only allowed one sack in 608 pass blocking snaps in 2020. So apparently he's not bad of a player, but he's definitely, you know, he got big shoes to fill. Because David Bakhtiari is like an all pro left tackle. So it's not going to, you might not get the same performance, but I don't think you're going to get a slouch either out of Jenkins. God, And with, with that logic, you think Aaron Jones's value stays put? Yes, I like Aaron Jones. Like Aaron kind Jones. of high on Aaron Jones this year. Are you? I am just a little bit. Just you know, a little. Like every, just a little. You know. Every time we talk about him, you gotta push him up a little bit. You know, because then you you start doing research and like, wow, he was really good. Yeah, but then at the same time, it's like you say it, but then 
I, I don't know if you've done mock drafts, but I did some mock drafts and I'm staring at Aaron Jones in the face and it's kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable yet. You know, I'm not, I'm not used to picking Aaron Jones like in the first round like this. That's why I, I don't know. But Aaron Jones, though, I'm, I'm kind of high on him. Nice. Okay. Well, I will say he's like a, <laughs> I'm not going to help you out, Ryan. I'm so sorry. He's no, like no, in that out, six to out. eight. He's in. He's in that six to eight range, oh, and that's that, where you draft in, in most of our fantasy leagues. That, so. that I know. That that I know. But I, I just need to tell myself every night before bed that you know it's okay to draft Aaron Jones. It's okay Aaron for change. Jones you know, Aaron Jones in RB one. That's what you tell yourself every time. You <laughs> every go night. Every night. Every night. All right. You know who's not going to be an RB one this year? Who? J.K. Dobbins. Oh, stop, man. The guy, he got an injury, man. You're, you're, you're just making fun of this guy. I was I'm excited. Just... I was low-key going to draft him because I had him last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I was low-key going to draft him this year. So I feel bad for him. It's rough. It's rough. It's extremely rough. I... It's the way he got injured. It's how the injury looked. In a preseason game? Like, come on. In a preseason game, exactly. But I know, I know why he was in. I get it because you know only three preseason games. No one kind of knows like when to start who. That's why like you don't even have to start J.K. Dobbins at all. I feel. But it's like, do you want to see what he has to prove? You get what I'm saying? No, because I saw he wasn't here. You saw you saw enough last month. You know, Harbaugh obviously didn't for some whatever reason. You know, (laughs) he was my favorite. He hasn't won a Super Bowl since. We don't talk about that Super Bowl either. But the deal was my favorite comment. Someone was like, Harbaugh literally saw J.K. Dobbins tears ACL, but he kept Lamar Jackson in to finish the draft. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You know, some people just ice in their veins, you know. They're not scared at all. They're all cold-blooded. And people that have ice in their veins are people who are drafting Gus Edwards. Round two and round three. Which oh my god, dude! I don't know why you hate Gus Edwards so much. You know what's funny? I think, I think, I'm struggling to say this, but it's fine. Say it. Gus Edwards will have fancy value this year. He will. I think round two or round three. So round three is perfect bit. for him. For me, for me wow. personally, round three is perfect for this guy. I want to wait just a little longer. So you round four or at five round four ish. I'm comfortable right now. Round four, round five, mainly because I don't know if they're going to sign someone. I know they're not interested in Todd Gurley. And I know that they said that they're not trying to look for anyone, but who knows, you know, like what is left on the market is what I'm saying. That's very true. So that that's why it's kind of like, Oh, I hope your guys' fantasy draft drafts closer to, you know, the next Thursday so you can analyze and then keep track of all these signings. But I think Gus is primed for a big season, man. But he doesn't catch the ball. He doesn't need to catch the ball. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> Lamar Jackson doesn't even throw. They, that team throws, like, they're, they're 32nd in the league for pass attempts. So I think no one is vying for his snaps besides Justice Hill. And, but if anything, I think Justice Hill will, will be in the game only to give Gus some rest. 
it's not even like oh we think justice hill can you know do this it's like you know take him out for a play or two put him back in if anything i think lamar jackson is a bigger threat to gus Mm -hmm. lamar jackson runs for touchdowns himself he's really the rb1 yeah he that's what i'm saying that's why i Mm -hmm. think gus is literally primed for a big role he had over 700 yards and six TDs splitting, splitting carries with J.K. Dobbins last year. And a little bit of Mark Ingram. And, you know, you bring up a really good point, and this is why I am at least somewhat high on Gus Edwards. The reason why you don't like J.K. Dobbins, why people didn't like J.K. Dobbins coming into this year, was because he was splitting carries with Gus Edwards because they signed Gus Edwards to a deal. Mm-hmm. We both knew that if you removed one of those running backs, they will immediately fantasy relevant a lot of people wanted Gus Edwards to be hurt am I saying that um let's be honest here JK Dobbins is the better player so he can do both he can catch the ball and he can run and he runs at an elite level Gus Edwards is a starter he is not sharing any sort of carries I heard they're fading Justice Hill I heard he's dropping down in the depth chart too so it's really going to be Gus Edwards to show now that being said you know what I think I would be comfortable with Gus Edwards being your RB2 coming in, coming out of fantasy drafts, coming into this weekend. If he's my RB2, I'll be content. Yeah, and I think as the season goes on, that's going to just solidify even more. Right now, putting a new guy like Gus Edwards into RB2, no one has seen it before. You never heard of it before. You know, we don't like change. It's going to feel uncomfortable at first. But if you take the, if you take the chance, it could pay off. It could pay off. And it, it, it has a really good chance, though to pay off it's not like oh let, let me take a flyer on this guy like a rookie or something you know this is not that situation i th- there's a really good chance it could pay off because you know they like him they do like him he, they like him the only lot. person that doesn't like him is rj is me and you know what <laughs> unfortunately that might change this year so we will i love see. how even when he performs you see as unfortunate to start liking him it's unfortunate come on i mean Gus, i am on your side Ryan is Ryan is the the main driver for the Gus bus. Because yes, I am the driver for it. You're I got the, the keys to the bus. Yeah, the keys to the bus. But yeah, that's all I had to say, Ryan. That's all I got too. So to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening and may the football gods bless your team with more wins this year. We'll catch you guys again next week when we talk about some news and make our game picks for week one. And that's the T. And that's the tea. Take care, y'all.